0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 19, the long-awaited 19. With me tonight is Eric.
1: Greetings and salivations.
0: There we go. And, of course, as always, the fabulous Mac, Sean, whatever we call him.
2: I'm the one who's not been sick.
0: (laughs) The only one, maybe. And, of course, as always, Ian.
3: Well, not as always. I've missed one. Oh, have you? Almost as always. Yeah, I think it was number 16 I missed.
0: All right. Well, how's everybody doing? Almost as always. Almost as always. Better this week. Well, I I've been I probably been well, I've been sick and that's the main reason that we haven't done a podcast. But we do, you know, we have the live show up. We did the Halloween special. Um it took me a little long to get the little, you know, the uh, live show up, but hey, it's up. So we've got content out there. So it's not too bad. In fact, that was a uh, our live uh, show at Mile High Con. Which uh, uh, I thought uh, went pretty well, don't you?
3: Oh, yeah. And We know we this. got at least one new listener from it, possibly more.
0: Yeah. so yeah.
3: Hello, new person.
0: Hello. <laughs> well, you know, it's always good to hear from. I mean, we've heard from what? Five listeners? So we, we've got, theoretically.
2: Well, the theory is that if you hear from five people, there's probably closer to 100 out there you haven't from. Really?
0: Who
1: like. knows?
0: So what's the ratio? And then can we back it
1: up? not a statistician <laughs> i think it's more like one to five than one to 20 yeah probably. yeah probably i am only the one you warned me of
0: it doesn't matter we you know we're still going to do it so
3: yeah but we went to that one in some ways better prepared than a normal podcast you know we had it more planned out the normal
0: yeah and i
3: and we pulled it off it came out real well i i think we had some good um audiences and stuff
0: so. Yeah, I, I you know, we definitely learned a lot by doing it this way. I would do things a little differently next time, or I will do things differently next time when we yes. do this again. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be able to do more of these kinds of things. Um, it was certainly a lot of fun. We had a good time. We got out there, and, and at least we got out there and, you know, we're, we're participating. And, um, you know, we got off our armchairs for a little while, and we did, you know, we did, we did skeptics at a con instead of, you know, skeptics from an armchair.
2: All right. Hey, I, I told you, Brian, there is already an armchair skeptic out there.
0: You know, I, I think he has a blog, right? He does. I think I've read stuff off of his blog. Sure.
2: Looks like a pretty good blog, but no, we are not the armchair. We are not the am. We-, <laughs> we are not the armchair skeptics. We are the
1: amateur skeptics.
2: Right. We are skeptical of amateurs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, watch it, buddy.
1: Better than being skeptical of armchairs.
0: Well, that's true. They exist. I'm fairly confident. I'm in one. There you go. There you go. See. So and. Unfortunately, uh, it's a sad day for Initiative 300. It was a sad day for Initiative 300 on several different ballots, but the most important one was the one in Denver. Initiative 300 for the Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission did not pass. In fact, it handedly did not pass, only getting 80, what, 84% of the vote? Was that the final?
3: Yeah, it was, it got slaughtered. It was 80-something against, so. I, yeah, there was overwhelming. Like, I think there but, was only you know. like 27 votes for it, which is a bit scary that there were 27 people that actually thought it was a good idea. You know,
2: but hey, fair is fair. It was a sad day for democracy when it got put on the bill, so it could be a sad day for the initiative when it got defeated.
0: Well, you know, Jeff Beckman blames everybody but himself. But let's face it, the thing was terribly written, you know, to begin with. Oh yeah. And I, I wonder how many people well, just got to the it was balance
2: exactly how he wanted it written.
0: Well, okay. I think
2: he wanted it, it to be acknowledging. Written. I think he wanted it to acknowledge that. You know that there is evidence, and that's the big problem right there, because there is no evidence.
0: Well, and he well, it was more than that. If the initiative passed, you were admitting oh, the the city, uh, what the the city of Denver was admitting that there were aliens out there. <laughs> well, but yes.
2: initially, it was admitting that there was credible evidence of it. And that's, there just simply isn't. Well, I mean, the way and that... That's, was the actual wording of it was
3: yeah. the people of Denver admitting to um, there being proof that there's aliens landing on Earth all the time. Right. What's your now, course? I think
2: there's a good case for saying there's life elsewhere out there in the universe, but I don't necessarily say that that a good case an inference is not credible evidence.
3: Yeah,
0: well. and so Jeff Peckman,
3: none of us feel sorry for you.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I, one. I think the bill was badly worded, and I think he was the wrong spokesman for it. When you read well, him if... in blogs and stuff, he's so mean and adversarial. If you disagree with his yeah. o- opinion, you know, if you don't think there's evidence, you know, he he cites all this aneg- all these anecdotes and nothing's solid. But he, well, but the, and he's uh... mean.
3: The other thing that was interesting was if you watched any of the stuff he was doing to promote it, he would trade people out who have books to sell and other stuff to sell.
0: Yeah. Th- yeah. These are
3: people who have a huge in, um, keeping this kind of interest alive in the, the conspiracy because they're making money off. That alone
2: makes you have to second. What- Ian, you're chopping Ian, it yeah, up. I think you I, got Ian, a sauce. Yeah, I, th- I think the
0: aliens got to your internet connection.
2: <laughs> yeah. Is it the uh is it the Antarians who are tapping into your wireless? It
0: could be the Raelians. because they
2: 'Cause they're they're buggers for that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The Raelians are sneaky.
2: <laughs> but uh anyway, um you know, I, I- I don't believe there's credible evidence to back up Proposition Three Hundred. I don't even—I don't even believe there's credible evidence that Stan Romanak exists. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well, I—I I, I don't know. We—I'm fairly confident that Stan Romanak exists, lives in Lakewood, and thinks he has seen aliens. I think that he thinks he's seen them. Um, his documentation is suspect, but he thinks he's seen them.
2: Well, I've spoken to some of the aliens, and they don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So, yeah, so
0: it, it it did go down, you know, but in all fairness, everything went down on that ballot. And he, had, I mean, for the most part, everything on the ballot was so frivolous, at least on yeah. the Colorado ballot. It was just, I mean, most of the stuff was like, I, I don't understand the need for any of this stuff. It's like, we got to round up a bunch of stuff and put it on the ballot. It was, it was a terrible ballot, in my opinion. All right.
2: Well, opinions are what democracy is made out of.
0: Well, exactly. Well, you know, one of the things that he said that I thought was funny was that he says that the evidence that he had would be usable, admissible in any court, you know, because, you know, I would have anecdotal. But what's what's funny about that is that. Eyewitness testimony is the lowest form of evidence in science. I mean, it, it really is is the thing that you you start with to say, okay, could there be something here? And you move on from there. But our court system still operates on anecdotes. So I think that's a little scary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I think
1: eyewitness eyetest- testimony is kind of uh, usually regarded as...
0: Well, it, it shouldn't. I, it shouldn't be taken as strongly as I feel like it is most of the time. I think it's suspects.
2: Well, eyewitness testimony is is strongly re, is strongly regarded in court, but it's also easy to impugn if you can impugn the eyewitness. Well, yeah,
0: because our memories are so fallible that I mean, I imagine that you know, it's hard to take. I don't know. It can be a problem. All right. So All right, you ready to move on for more eyewitness testimony of dark matter?
2: I'd be happy to hear eyewitness testimony of dark. Matter.
0: All right, Ian. You may take uh, well, the stand.
2: <laughs> well, dark matter has been an interesting thing
3: because it's been very controversial since it first got um, suggested some time ago. So just the fact that once more, you know, it's something that there may be more evidence of. You know, th- this was basically just interesting because once more, it shows the evolution of science. You know, more information is coming out. They can now look and say, oh, OK, is there, you know, how much validity is there to our theories? and So this is giving them some more evidence to say, oh, okay, then we were right. This is it it doesn't work the way we think it does.
0: You know, here's the thing. I mean, this is pretty interesting. I mean, the the way that they're looking at the interaction of these particles. And but one of the things that is kind of a problem for me is that they're basing this hypothesis on another hypothesis. They're basing they think that that black matter and other people have said this. This has been kind of a theory for a long time that black matter is wimps. Weakly Interacting Massive Particle. Problem is that wimps are still a hypothesis. We have some abnormalities in detectors that we believe are wimps, but we have no real way. At this point, they you know they have no way a real way of knowing that wimps exist.
2: They know that there's something that appears to be there, and so the hypothesis is to co- is to fit what they think is there.
0: Right, and so that's kind there's of there's something
2: there. We don't know what it is. But we think it's this.
0: Right, but I think that there's still some theories of thoughts out there. Um, was it new? Uh, uh, new Newtonian uh, relativity—that they think that the calculations might be wrong—and it's still a possibility. Albeit, I think it's less likely that yeah. that we're just doing the math wrong, and that. But and, that,
3: and that's one of the things with something like this is they're still exploring it they're, 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 and no one's right. saying this is definitely the way it is and oh, no. this is how science should work hey look we found more evidence that backs up this one theory let's go further into it and see just how far this can take us and what we're going to learn from it because it, nothing about the universe right well that, that's why they come up with stuff like dark matter is to explain it and hope okay this works to believe now what we're seeing now let's go and see if we can expandly
2: find out whether or not that's the right path Wow. It seems to me that there's a little bit of confirmation bias going into this, though.
0: Well, no. Here's the thing: is I I, I tend to disagree because the article was actually very good about about pre- presenting the hypothesis. And then going through and, and telling you know the the different the different points of view on it, and that none of this is is for sure yet. That this is only a hypothesis, and that they're working on. They didn't present it as fact, which is which is I thought was I thought it was a very well done article for a scientific article. Nobody was trying to overemphasize uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, what Brian,
2: Not... Not confirmation bias in the article. I'm talking about confirmation oh. bias in the in the study itself. Because it's say, they're saying, okay, well we found this and we think it goes to this. Right. Okay. But they're not is. saying we found this. We need to do further study on it. They're saying we found this. We think it's evidence of this.
0: No, no, no. They said that they need to do further study. They also said that it hasn't gone through the peer review process. So it's very early and preliminary. So this isn't even a final version of what they've got. It'll go through peer review, and they'll probably have to, you know, look at a lot of stuff after that. But yeah.
3: it, it's basically following the true path of science. Yeah, we, we we found something that we believe fit for what with what we've been working at. Let's see if it still does when we really um, crack down on it. And that's one thing I liked about it. it. Really felt that way. It's like okay, you know, we're showing where science can take us, and we're following the real rules of it. And you know, this is how science. This is how discovery should work. And you know, I, I just thought it was a great example of that.
0: Yeah, no, and the other thing is because it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily a mainstream source, we got a fair and balanced view of it. So I thought they did a good job. All right, let's hear about asteroid collision.
2: Okay, well, basically, as I open the earth,
0: <laughs> has it been two weeks since you've read the article? It has been. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Um... They've known for a long time that, star, that asteroids slam into each other every now and again. It's it's pretty much going to have to happen, the asteroid belt, and out there that pieces of matter that are that close to each other, that are in the same orbit, are going to hit. But they have a recent picture snapped by the Hubble Space Telescope at the scene of an impact, and it's saying that there's a bizarre X-shaped debris debris trail. Um They've gotten email saying that it's a Klingon spaceship following the asteroid (laughs) across the sky.
0: That was awesome.
2: But uh Hey Jeff Peckman can use it. Oh yeah,
0: that's what we need.
2: They (laughs) think that these these asteroids one the smaller one was only about the size of a king sized bed. And it dug out a crater and scarred ten percent of the surface of the which was a, which was larger than a football field. So basically king sized bed hitting a football is what we have in these two objects. They think the king size bed one vaporized a bed.
0: You know, didn't we talk about an yeah. article earlier where they where they it was the um most recent asteroid collision that they had found? And this is slightly more recent than that. Right. Yeah.
2: But I think that they I think they snapped the photo much closer after the collision in this case. Also.
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like. It is a pretty cool picture. Uh, It says the
2: smash-up would have packed a punch equal to 1,000 tons of TNT.
3: Well, we definitely know that um, the universe is a violent place we, we, there it, my college um astronomy class was interesting in that we um what moon is it? there's actually a moon that has a crater that looks like makes it look like the death star out there i forget what moon it is now but it has uh, a huge crater that
2: and that that's no moon <laughs>
3: and then i think it's mercury that actually on one side you can see where an impact hit and went all the way through the planet and um, pushed up mountains on the other side.
0: Well, they show ripples. They didn't go through the planet, but it rippled around, um, you know, and basically no, moved this, the surface. This, this,
3: there's a direct correlation to where the impact was and where these mountains are on the other side. I, I do believe it's Mercury. It
0: ha- it's been, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't think it went through, I don't know how long it was since I was in college. So at the very long.
2: least, the shock wave went all the way through that, yeah, that's how, yeah.
0: that i Yeah, that's how I read yeah. the article. Yeah, unless it's a different
2: Mercury article. The size of, like, a tennis ball <laughs> Okay, it's a little bit so. You than know, that.
3: so it's, it's interesting to catch the violence when it's happening. But you know, there's been some tremendous um, impacts throughout you know our history of our solar system. We had the a few years back the um, comet that broke up and fell into Jupiter.
0: Well, there was one last year too. You know, a, a hit on Jupiter. Mm.
3: Yeah. yeah, regretfully, Jupiter not being solid, doesn't have quite the, you know, visuals that you'd have on the closer in planets.
0: Yeah, you don't have as much time to, to find the impact. Yeah.
3: You know, like, like if, you know, Mars got hit by a good little meteor storm, we could probably get some really cool pictures of explosions then. So, you know, that, get, getting explosions, I, I, I think that Explosions are cool anyways, but to get explosions out there in space of, um, you know, stuff hitting each other... That has a whole different impact
2: of coolness.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at this picture, and I think it looks more like the phoenix than uh, a bird of prey.
0: <laughs> All right. Should I drink when I'm pregnant? No, geek level here. Should I drink when I'm pregnant?
3: Uh, I think
1: you if you get yeah, okay. infected, uh <laughs> you definitely want to drink. <laughs> okay,
0: thanks, guys. <laughs> but,
3: okay, yeah, but this what one if... doesn't come as too much of a surprise. All this right, next right. one, it talking about how light drinking is no risk to the baby.
2: Well, right. it's no. It, there's no evidence of any extra risk, and this is right. studying studying 11,005 year olds that. You know, basically they studied them and they didn't see any difference between light drinkers and and non-drinkers.
3: Right. And that's par- – partly that's basically because of the logic that actually a little wine is good for you.
0: Yeah. You know, they, they tried to – I don't know. The study goes a little far yeah. for me. They go as far as to try and say that these kids had, what, better cognitive abilities, whether yeah. light drinkers, which is like, well – but is that the parents maybe being more relaxed? I mean, yeah. What's the correlation the, the, there?
3: Uh, some of that's a bit hard to tell exactly what's causing well, it. Well, all but... of this is.
0: The problem is you can't ethically do this study. You have to you have to go back and you have to ask people how much you drink. You can't put controls and You can't say, hey, you know what? We'd like 500 <laughs> pregnant women to drink two glasses of wine a week and and do our study for you. It. So it's like, now that's not exactly very responsible, is it? So this is no. difficult science to do. And usually if you
2: ask people if they're lighter drinkers or if they have your drinkers, are going to tell you they're liquors.
0: Right, exactly.
2: So you're going to get a biased True. sample in any case.
0: So that's the problem with these kinds of studies is that this is based on anecdotes. There's no controls here. We, we have no idea how much these people actually drank.
2: But I will say True. that I think that if you take a child who's learning to walk from a non-drinker and a child who's learning to walk from a light drinker, the kid's going to stagger on the first steps anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter.
3: Yeah. Now, the one thing I had was um, some of the um, people who were upset over this study saying that, oh, this is going to make women um, justify drinking more. And my first thought with is, the women who are going to drink heavily when they're pregnant are going to drink heavily no matter what. They have issues. Um, th- this isn't going to make any woman say, oh, now I can go out and get drunk every week when I'm pregnant. The the, the women who are going to get drunk every week while they're pregnant are still going to do it. It's just like they can say, oh, well, a little drinking not going to hurt anything. It, it It's just... You know, it's not going to make them more likely to do it. It's just going to make them, you know, try and pretend they have a justification for it yeah, when they don't.
0: some women are going to justify it anyway. You know, my thing is, is that I don't think that they should change the recommendations, particularly based on this study. I, I, I kind of think that this study is too weak to really, to you know, yeah. to actually pursue anything off of.
2: Well, I'm inclined to agree. I think, though, that there are certain warning signs that that people should look for, then indicate maybe they've been drinking too much. Um, Like if they wake up? If you're delivering your baby at the pub, (laughs) chances are you should cut back. If it's the Winchester pub, you should have a cricket bat with you.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. Let's talk about myrrh,
2: possibly Let's talk about myrrh. Yeah, let's talk about You hate myrrh.
0: I don't necessarily hate myrrh, but there's nothing here. Go ahead. I'm ready.
2: <laughs> All right. Just basically, I just found this kind of interesting. They are, they're looking at Rutgers University. They're looking at the active ingredient in myrrh, and they found that it kills cancer cell in lab conditions. Myrrh is an ancient, uh, well, it's, it's mentioned like 11 times in the Bible, but it's an ancient, it's an ancient herb. It's used for embalming, among other things. And it's been used to kill pain, heal wounds, and neutralize bad breath. But they're looking at the active ingredient in it, and they're saying that, it kills cancer cells in laboratory conditions, but it hasn't been tested on animals or clinically in humans either.
0: Right. And the other problem here, this is from 2002. So if they were really oh. doing a study, how come, how come they haven't registered this study? How come no studies with MER have been registered with the government?
2: Because there's a conspiracy that killed it. Right. Come on. You know this. I don't know.
0: You know <laughs> this. Yeah, I don't hate MER. If it works, great. But they make a lot of – I mean they they – they they appeal to the Bible. They appeal to things old. It's been around, been used, and and then it kills cancer cells. Well, bleach will kill cancer cells, won't it? In a laboratory, in, labo-
2: in laboratory conditions, yes. Right. So it's not so effective in terms of trying to kill bleach bleach killing cancer in the human body.
0: Okay, so it that does, doesn't tell us anything. But they it want tends to, to kill me, the body around it too. Right. But they want to tell me it's that this is that it's like almost as strong as some of our and you know as our chemotherapy that we're doing now. But yet they, I mean there's nothing here that these kinds of articles really irritate me. because and and their links so I followed their links look at them. one of them is to the journal oh funny the um the uh the journal of natural products you know that as far as journals go that is bottom rung that's right down there with the journal of of alternative medicine i mean they're bottom rung journals so you know so that 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 doesn't work for me um ha, and the other links don't work the one to scientific america that would be interesting but um, um I, it, it doesn't work but it i don't know it's too old it's it's too old, so i couldn't find I couldn't find that one so I, I and so I went looking for some other things you know that to show that my, you know one thing is that concerns me that they is that they're recommending this over fluoride for your teeth, but once again, there's no evidence yep. to suggest that that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, the article does say that the uh, numerous natural substances happen on after research
0: right so so as far, as far as I can tell at this point. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know what Mer does, and nobody does. Neither does anybody else.
2: I know it, is. It riles up Brian.
0: <laughs> is, is that why this is here? Is yeah. that the only reason? It I've worked.
1: I found Mer one hundred percent effective. <laughs>
2: Maybe
1: someone can contact Dr. Rafi and find out what the further test. Found, you know, discovered. and
0: that might be interesting I, to do. I wonder I, if we could.
1: I can see. I can see benefits in that already. So.
0: <laughs> All right. So I mean, if there's something here, great.
2: It, it 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 increases Brian's blood pressure up. It increases his heart rate. It's good for cardio. <laughs> so his uh, blood pressure got raised.
0: All right. Now this <laughs> anyway, this is a good article. How to it.
2: brand a disease and sell a cure. This is silicone excellent. Silicone. Um, basically, the article that we've got here about branding diseases talks about how they come up with a disease and they make the disease socially acceptable. Um, one of the one of the things they talked about is incontinence and they changed incontinence to overactive bladder. Overactive bladder is kind of automatically a more acceptable thing to say because hey, it's not part of your body not working, it's part of your body doing too well. and then they sell it then they sell something that cures the condition. so they they make the disease, they give it a brand and they make it socially acceptable and then they start advertising it so that they will get. People asking their doctors about the medication.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> now, we see this all the time. I mean, and they, and they point out erectile dysfunction. I mean, Yeah, how erectile big dysfunction. dysfunction. <laughs> how That's a big, big you one acceptable? now.
2: Yeah. It's more acceptable than impotence. I
0: would add here <laughs> hair loss. You know, hair loss is another one of these. Hair loss does not affect you physically. But, man, if you tell everybody, hey, you'll you lose your hair. The women aren't going to find you attractive them anymore. Oh, my God, I got to keep my hair. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same kinds of things, and we see this this kind of sensationalized advertising everywhere. Oh, yeah. it's well, getting
2: worse, and worse. I've got a, I've got something to correlate to this also. Something uh, of what conversation my wife and I had earlier this week. She was talking about uh, I think it's the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, which is usually a fantastic source of information. Except they identified juvenile diabetes with type two diabetes recently. And she's sitting here asking, saying, I don't understand why they did that. And I said, well, type 2 diabetes is hot, right? Because it's, it's diabetes that anybody can get. Whereas juvenile diabetes is something that you get because you have bad genes. So they're trying to get money for juvenile diabetes by associating it with type 2 diabetes, which is, it's trendy. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and type 2 diabetes is very trendy now. It's a, it's a very trendy diagnosis. I don't want it. Well, no. You sure?
0: (laughs) It's a thing, man. It's the in thing. I'm pretty – peer pressure is not going to convince me that diabetes is a good thing.
2: Brian, I don't Uh, think with your metabolism you're in any huge danger of it. (laughs) Perhaps not. But skin people can – If you suddenly put on 100 pounds, I'll worry about you. All right.
3: You just don't want to be hip.
2: Uh, (laughs) But it talks about the fact – I don't (laughs) want that either. Yeah, I don't need that. It it talks about the fact, though, that uh, heartburn has now become GERD. Gastroesophageal reflux disease. Oh, God. And
1: shyness has become social anxiety. Yes.
0: And flaming asshole is moderately dysfunctional bowel.
1: <laughs> no. That's still Are you talking about a syndrome or person?
0: <laughs> anyway. Oh, you two talked over each other. I bet both those were good.
1: <laughs> I said are you talking about a syndrome or a person?
0: <laughs> <laughs> a syndrome. You know, there's FPA <laughs> or no. Yeah, a flaming plugged asshole. Nothing's worse. Um, I love those showstoppers. They're awesome.
2: They are. But uh, anyway, yeah, but it's it's talking, in addition to changing heartburn to GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, it also commissioned research to demonstrate the devastating consequences of failing to have it treated. Wow. So.
0: Isn't it sad that we need to give something a fancy name to get it to get research to treat it?
2: Well, yeah, I had some pretty nasty heartburn last week. But it also adds advertising budget to the medicine.
0: Yeah, Well, and here, you know, we talk talk all the time about, you know, the issues with alternative medicine, homeopathy, and everything. And here is a clear problem with, you know, conventional, you know, with big pharma right here. Exactly. And I didn't get my check this week, so we're going off on them. (laughs) But,
3: I don't know, they want you to believe you're sicker than you are. There's definitely a um, mentality to that. With all the um, commercials and stuff out there flooding you about everything in sight, it seems.
2: Well, and they've also got commercials that... Like, for instance, you know, they get Wilford Brimley on. They're telling you you can get your diabetes meter free of charge. And you're sitting here going, oh, well, that's great. Yeah, except, uh, you know, a, a decent a decent uh, glucometer you can buy for 11 bucks. The meters that they're charging, that they're talking about getting free, you're paying about $100 a box for the strips. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you get a free glucometer as long as you use the strips that you pay 100 bucks a box. Really? And a glucometer... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this rant right now. A glucometer is not a particularly scientific instrument anyway. Really? All it is is relativity. Um, I tested on my arm, and I had a certain, like, I had, like, 110. And my wife says, okay, well, test on your finger. My wife is really good at, at being diabetic. She's really, she's, she's like a diabetic. She's like a diabetic yode. She's got all this knowledge. Great. She's anyway, a um, savant. Um, I tested on my finger not five seconds later. And I had a 30-point difference. And she said, see, um, I, I thought this was supposed to actually be a scientific instrument. She said, well, you'd think so, but no. <laughs> so...
0: Well, uh, well, you know, if they are pretty cheap. How accurate could we expect them to be?
2: Well, it's, 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 a, it's a relative thing anyway. It, it's an accurate... It's an accurate measurement of what's in your blood, but the problem is that what's going on in your blood at any given moment and in different parts of your body is not accurate.
3: Yeah, and they say the same about blood pressure and stuff. It changes; it can change drastically in just a few minutes, depending on what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, some of the stuff like that, you know, you have to be careful and make sure you're looking at the average and not just a one-time shot.
2: I had a case of severely localized high blood pressure <laughs> yesterday.
3: Okay. Do we want to know?
1: No, you probably don't. Yeah, probably, yeah.
3: Now, are you going to tell us anyway?
1: (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay, wow. All right. (laughs) Just going to leave us hanging then.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's move on here. Woman takes Crowbar to disputed artwork in Loveland.
2: Yeah, well, this, this, this made me angry, not because... Not because uh, of what she did or why she did it. It made me angry because I couldn't find a picture of this artwork to form my own opinion. Sure. It's oh, kind of scary, scary is. Unclear picture. Yeah, but I, the stuff yeah, I for found, Sean wasn't very I good. I a really small picture that didn't tell me much. But what I saw. did look like Jesus.
1: He did, huh? What I saw did look like Jesus. No, I love. It's like Jesus now.
3: I love the evolution of it. Okay, she gets caught doing it. There's no doubt she did it. The guy saw her. He was in there. Okay, he
0: wait, wait. Do well, it. Before you, I, I know where you're going with this. Let's explain a little bit more about why she might have done it first.
3: Well, she drove all the way from Montana.
0: Well, she's a truck, truck cow- driver, so she might have been yeah. passing through.
3: No, actually, there was something saying she, came, you know, she specifically came there for this. Okay, she, she
0: all right.
3: From her home to this specifically to do that. They know okay. that much. All right. And she basically, uh, up in um, Loveland at a museum gallery, there was a controversial piece of art on display that um, some are claiming shows Jesus Christ engaged in a sexual act. The the artist, however, is saying, no, that's not supposed to be Jesus. It's supposed
0: to be representative of something else and so on. Does it matter? I mean, really, does it matter? Even, even you know, if it, let's say that it is Jesus, is that by any means going to justify this woman's actions?
3: Right, and that's part of the thing. Um, she came in, and she broke into the gallery. She smashed through the display case. She took the um, print. It wasn't the original. It was just a print, by the way. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so kind of damage, an empty gesture.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, it's, it, it's not irreplaceable. She, she tore it up, and she did it. Uh, stop, stop,
0: stop, 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 stop. I'm going to pause this. Okay, Okay.
3: so she does this, and the owner of the gallery walks in on her as she is doing this and sees her clearly doing it, and she actually panics and quickly does it, but she gets it done and gets arrested for it. So if you follow through the uh, the follow-up on it, one of the things that's really irritating me is she is now pleading not guilty to it. And her reasoning is because it was so offensive.
0: Yeah, this is so irritating me. So if I find something offensive, I can I in in I have and I'm a good Christian and I'm a good person. If I find something offensive, it's okay for me to go out and destroy something because right. it's, it, because I found it offensive to my.
3: Oh, yeah. the the fact that she's making that plea scares me because if she can get away with it, freedom of speech, freedom of expression is screwed.
0: Well, and she's getting support <laughs> in the yeah. community for yeah. for it as well, which is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Well, making a plea is not the same as getting away with. So we have to see where. It well, goes. that's the
0: thing. It, um, hopefully, the, the, they'll say no. You are guilty. This. I mean, what are they? What are it, they charging with it? Destruction,
3: it's
2: destruction of property. Destruction of property, no matter what. Yeah. But you know, as far as the. I'm a good Christian argument.
0: Well, that's what they're trying to make. You know, it's like, well, it's okay for me to stone my wife because I'm a good Christian. No, that's not a
3: joke. And it's also
2: apparently good for you to, it's apparently good good for you to sell your daughter into slavery as a good Christian, too. Well,
0: it's in the Bible. The Bible says I can do it. Right. Yep.
3: Now, if you look, this, the second story to this talks about how the artist of it is, listen, you know, saying, listen, I'll, 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 you know it's not supposed to be jesus i'm all for churches and stuff and he's offering to create paintings for the local church to show goodwill
0: this here's my thing no publicity is bad publicity if you want to sell your piece of artwork that might be offensive to to people of religion what's what's the (laughs) thing you should do find some somebody to go and destroy it for you (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. now that piece of artwork is Anybody else who puts that up and says, "Hey, we've got this controversial piece of artwork up. Come down and see it." Oh.
2: well, and she just upped the value of the other twenty nine. Exactly.
0: She and <laughs> yeah. she increased the value of this. So if so, if I was an artist, I'm just saying, and I and I wanted to, you know, bring a little awareness to my controversial piece of art. I might have somebody go out and destroy it for me.
3: His name's now better known. Uh, his work is now better known. You know, yep. It reminds me of a few years ago the guy there some other museum here in Colorado had a um this artwork that was a display of um plaster penises and some guy walked in there and ripped it down because it you know, it bothered him. Now I don't think he destroyed it. I think he ended up returning it. Yeah. But he just couldn't handle the fact that it was out there. And, and the fact
2: that those were all larger than his. <laughs> yeah, really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if all this is bothering you. I think. It,
3: it's amazing how much art can really get people going, and It's like it's art, it's you know it's supposed to get your emotions going, but there's a level
2: of control you need to have. Yeah, and if the art if the art gives you the wrong feeling, there's a really really easy answer for that, which is you walk out of the gallery. I think and yeah, but- walking out of the gallery in protest is actually a, a much smarter move if you dislike the artist's work and you protest right. by walking out of the gallery, then they're less likely to have his painting in the gallery much longer.
0: But when you leave, you should probably go and do some yoga. <laughs>
3: nope. Calm yourself down. It's also anti-Christian.
0: What? Yoga's not anti-Christian? Oh, How yes, could you think such because a thing? It's... <laughs> well, because
3: Reverend Albert Moeller believes that. <gasps> oh, Well, I, Reverend I Moeller don't...
2: believes it.
1: Reverend Moeller,
2: okay. Right. I, don't think, I don't think he's Christian anyway. Isn't he a Jedi? oh yoga never mind
3: Uh, but apparently he made some comments um about yoga talking about it you know not being representative of christian values and that you that christians um shouldn't be embracing
0: the ideas of yoga have you taken a yoga class me no Yeah, i took a yoga class in school and all i can remember is the stretching that that's that's about it
3: well that's the main thing to it and you um what I well, think Yeah, but else?
2: Brian, Brian, you took a yoga class. You may only remember the stretching, but did you, you did wind up because did to wind up a godless atheist?
0: That's true. You know what? That that's a that's a good point. <laughs> Let let's track that all the way back to one yoga class.
2: Excellent. Aren't you that way before <laughs> school? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I but probably was.
3: If you, I think I handed down the actual blog he wrote it. In. I wish I would put a link for that. But in there, some of the people were talking about how well yoga helps me relax and get into a more meditative trance so where I feel I can connect better with God. And he went off on that. It's like no, no, no. Meditation is not the way to find God. Really? Because that's Hindu so, stuff. That's um.
2: What What is he calling prayer then? Yeah. If it's not meditation,
3: it's not the same as the yoga meditation, which is um, basically Hinduism being snuck into our beliefs to corrupt us. H-
2: how does it differ? Yeah, because if you're going to have somebody, if you're going to have somebody in an uncomfortable position chanting heathen language, they should be Catholic. <laughs> what's you know, the difference hopper, between cotton
0: candy cotton and fl- what's the difference between cotton candy and fluffy spun sugar? Uh, They're the mother? same thing in the end. Yep. But this,
3: this is one of those examples of someone who really is – personally, he sounds a bit paranoid because he he does believe it's Hindu beliefs trying to sneak their way in and corrupt the,
2: the Brian, Christians. I have the answer to your question. Okay. The answer to your question is food color. Food color. <laughs> That's
0: the difference.
3: Well, non-Christians really absorb sure. through right. ammosis countless doses of Christian theology just by living in
1: America. Right. And we are not converted. That's the point there.
3: Some of the stuff in this, it's like, uh, you know, th- does he really need to keep that much control over his flock? That, no, well, him. but that's the thing. That's the point is that, of the
1: article is that, oh yeah, we all we are bombarded by Christian theology every day, and yet we're not Christians.
3: yeah but he, he he's just thinking that that's going to happen the other way around. That oh my God, other beliefs are going to get in, and that's going to ruin the Christians and turn them different. And it's like. You, you can't help it. Our society is such a melting pot of so many different beliefs and stuff they're already exposed to um everything that could corrupt them from the pure Christianity.
0: Well, most of these beliefs are marginalized anyway. Most people don't know where they came from in the first yeah. place. They had these beliefs that they've had forever that that they can't attribute to anything i mean we we yeah. all have them. So I mean, for these things to come in and Completely rewrite your current faith is is highly unlikely. Now, what it make it? you think of something slightly differently? Maybe. The pure be, Christianity,
2: oh. as far as the pure Christianity goes, there is no such thing. Well, that's the true pure too. Christianity is a hybridization yeah. of the beliefs of multiple pagan religions.
3: Well, if you study Christianity, what we are, what is being practiced now as Christianity, isn't really that old. I don't think it's more than a hundred years old. Right. It, you know, the, the modern Christians, their their beliefs are. It, it was I, think, I want to say the 1930s is when they actually. Started the present form of Christianity that mm. has really taken over.
0: I don't know. You know, you've got so you've got you you've got the Catholic Church. You've got the Church of England. You've got the.
3: Well, yeah. Well, the, the the general beliefs are older, but the um, modern practicing of them all is it, is only. I, I I I think it was nineteen thirties. I I believe it's less than a hundred years old. In really, the the present Christian attitudes.
0: Hmm. Well, that could be. Yeah, I I I really you know I.
2: Which attitudes are you speaking of? I guess? Yeah, you can um,
0: be more specific.
2: You're probably talking about the fundamental put on the whole armor of God, slick your hair back with grease. Yeah, the, but, but my understanding
3: was, like I said once more, I think it was 1930s. There was a huge Christian um, revival thing going on that reset basically how Christianity was
0: presented,
3: and that's kind of when they started to get um, into you know very. Um, well,
0: I mean, there was a point where it was starting to decline, and and then you're right; all of a sudden, there is a revival. And, and did they change a lot of it to to suit the the current um, oh. uh, climate of things, or what did they do?
3: Well, a lot more of the attitude of having the priests really be kind of celebrities and stuff, I think, came from that. Because you look at more and more, that, that's what we're seeing is the, these big priests are celebrities. They are out there and they're getting really, if you look biblically, an unprecedented amount of attention that that in and of itself goes against their beliefs. Because, you know, these guys shouldn't be held at such high esteem. They're supposed to be the servants of God, not replacing God, which
2: honestly, you know, some of these people seem to think they are.
0: Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) We see that quite a bit.
2: Well, yeah, but it's all about, you know— Donate to my cause so that I can get that next Rolls Royce. That's right. Yeah. No, Jesus wants you to send
0: their... your money. What? He's here. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.
2: And Jesus is quoting as uh, saying, "I don't know these people. <laughs> I wish they'd stop using my name. I may have to take legal action." Yeah. I don't think South Park quotes. As soon as they, as they soon as, as soon as they get Johnny Cochran up there, then he's bringing it to court.
0: Oh, you, that's interesting. The you know, I'd say that. that... It, Making these people celebrities is actually, I mean, one, it's counter to their cause because it kind of goes against what what we feel to be the Christian values. And two, because, man, it puts these people in the spotlight and they get persecuted. And when they do something wrong, we see the hypocrisy in, in such a strong way. And, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it happens over and over again. When you're dealing with people, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to end up with these holy people being hypocrites in the end.
2: Yeah, well, the bakers and Jessica Hahn.
3: Oh, right, well, the list goes on and on with that. We keep seeing so many of them. That... Well, I mean,
0: you know, right up there in Colorado Springs is, you know, a breeding pot for them.
1: <laughs> we should ban them.
0: Oh, for it, but.
1: Just like McDonald's Happy Meals. Oh.
2: <laughs> we're not to
1: that part of the show yet, are we? Uh, oh, I, I know. Guess I we think we... That was smooth. Yes, you know? we
2: are. Oh, that was a good Okay, display. Excellent. Now, for,
3: since we're going into this, I would like to say that I invited, personally invited, the writer of two of these articles here to come in and join us in the podcast. He never got back to me, but I invited him to come in and join us and state his views on it. Oh,
2: yeah, but that would be open debate. Again, that's un-American.
3: Yeah. So, we mentioned the McDonald's thing a few months back when um, it was being mentioned. Now, it passed at two different levels, which is really scary. It passed at one level where the mayor could have vetoed it. Then, apparently, recently, it passed at the next level that makes it so it can't be vetoed. So, in San Francisco... Blah, blah, blah. There we go, that's good. San in Francisco. San Francisco, a year from now, um, all food places will be um, banned from giving toys with their kids' meal unless those kids' meals are 600 degrees or less. Yeah. Uh, now, interesting thing I've noticed is the people that seem to be for this are vegans. The guy that wrote the pro articles I invited onto the show, he's a vegan. And what I'm seeing those here...
2: damn aliens.
3: <laughs> what I'm seeing here is what I would straight out call You're fundamentalist vegetarian- vegetarian- yeah, vegetarianism fundamentalist vegetarianism. And, you know, we know groups like PETA and stuff have been after McDonald's for a long time now. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit to learn that this was basically backed up by a huge group of vegetarians who are busy trying to force the idea that, oh, you know, kids shouldn't be eating meat. They need to switch over to um, vegetables for all their
2: meals. Well, yeah, but, you know, you're discounting the high rate of death among vegetarians from secondhand meat. You know, you catch a whiff of somebody's steak in a restaurant, you gain ten pounds. So it's a hard life for vegetarians.
0: I mean, ultimately here, the the, the controversy. What uh, there's, so they're saying if it's above six hundred calories, you can't put a toy in there. Right. Is this how is this it, going to affect cereal well, and, and, or that, other things uh, like that? Sure what are, what are the what
3: But that was one of my thoughts. It's like it's um, you know, <laughs> go after cereal, go after um, I- any candy bars that give a meal for stuff like that. <laughs> Why are they just doing kids meals? If yeah. they're really serious about the health,
2: well, kids meals are such a draw to you know a, such a draw to kids to come into the restaurant. It's it's it. A lot of the time, the kids are going to be telling the parents, "Okay, I want to get I want to get the Happy Meal toy. Can we go to McDonald's?" It's the well, they it's might probably those, it's the most likely thing to make the kids. Want to go to McDonald's or uh, go to Burger King in the first place? It's not going to be the food. It's going to be the Happy Meal talk.
3: You want to know why I buy McDonald's for my family? Not because of the kids' meal. <laughs> there's been times like that, but half the majority of the time, the kids are not that interested in the toys. Oh, that's cool, and play with it for a little bit. But we buy it because it's fast and convenient and cheap. <laughs> I don't care about the toys. They take the toys out. We'd still buy it because it's fast and convenient and cheap.
0: Well, half the time we don't even, you know, we don't even order kids meals. You know, we we do we get a hamburger or this or that and and get just pieces, you know, but we don't get whole meals half
2: time. But so my my point is that you guys are probably outside the norm on this. And a lot of kids are saying, take us to McDonald's, get the Happy Meal. So I can understand kind of the thought behind this. But yeah, it's but a little if, bit of a uh, little bit of it's, well, it's, it's also a so it's, bit of trying to change the world by changing today. It's, it's not also so it's changing also the, to the, the world parents. by trying
1: to change the world.
0: Well, ultimately, it's saying that you don't know how to how to feed your kids properly, and we're going to tell you yeah, how to do it exactly.
1: Those kids are still yeah. going to be getting these meals. Their oh. parents are just going to have to drive to Daly City or they're, when they're taking they a day trip to Oakland or something. They're still going to be getting these yeah, Well, they're going to get yeah.
0: the meals. They just won't get the toy. You know, the kids well, are still, they're still they're going, they're going, going
1: to go to McDonald's. They won't get the toy, but they, they, you know, then they're driving across the way to Oakland or their parents will make a special trip down to Daly City. You know.
2: well, well, there you go. They're hoping to affect the rest of the country, by example, and, you know, maybe get the merchandising out of the restaurants. Well, here, but you it's know, not this, gonna happen.
0: this is an opportunity for the restaurants to sell the toy separately then it's like hey go ahead and buy the meal and for an extra buck we're gonna throw in a toy so now the toy is not coming with the meal it's being sold separately yeah, that's yeah. Right. way for them
3: to do it. Yeah, so now, now it's, it's an opportunity
0: for McDonald's to make more money. This is good capitalism. You know what? I am for this bill. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I found interesting is last time we
3: talked about this, you, Brian, brought up the, the fact that more than likely the food people cook at home is just as unhealthy, if not more so. Yeah,
0: I, I kind of have this idea that I have no proof of whatsoever that you now we, we, we like sugar, we like fat. And we like salt. And that people, when they cook at home, are probably eating just as much of that stuff anyway. And that they might not be eating that much healthier. And I'd really like to see, you know, a study that, that shows. But I don't know how you do it.
3: But that was mentioned as well in one of these articles that, you know, more than likely, especially if you have obese kids, the chances are you're not eating very healthy at home to begin with if your kids are getting like that. That's, yeah. And it's like, hey, okay, so... you. you you're trying to cut them off from McDonald's. Guess what? That's not going to stop it. They're going to still be chugging down at home, not getting down, and getting exercise, still doing everything wrong. Just trying to stop them from eating McDonald's is not going to solve the problem. It's not even going to put a dent in the problem. It All is, right. it, like I said, once more to me, it's the vegetarianism, the, the, veg, the fundamental vegetarianism trying to force their views on everyone else. The, the true obesity issue it's just one of those excuses, hey, this is because we we really care about the obesity thing, not because we're trying to force a diet on people.
0: I still say it's good capitalism
3: oh uh, well, that's the thing you know that's what McDonald's may have to do down in San Francisco and any other place that tries to pass such a law, and it, you know it's like okay well you know you you want the toilets fifty cents dollar extra, and you know. Then, if the good enough toys the parents will pay for them In fact, if anything, that might make it more popular because you should be able to pick this. Like, okay, well, which one do you have this week? Oh, okay, we'll we'll snag that one for a dollar.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes good sense. Good consumer sense. <laughs> So, now there's,
3: like I said, there's this is you know, trying to force a lifestyle on people because one group's decided that that's the right lifestyle and everyone else needs to live with it.
0: Yeah, I think McDonald's should embrace this, though. I think this is a good, good idea.
3: We'll see what ends up coming from it. And I'm surprised some of the other companies haven't come out and said, hey, wait a moment. Because you know, they just focused on McDonald's. But you're talking about Burger King, Wendy's, other places like that that will be affected by it as well.
0: I'm sorry, I can't give you the crossword puzzle that usually comes with that hamburger. <laughs> All right, tell me about Randy Quaid's conspiracy theory. Okay, and make it interesting, please, because I read the article and I almost fell asleep.
2: All right, <laughs> I just thought this was kind of bizarre. Um, basically, Randy Quaid is seeking asylum in Canada because he is fearing that he and his wife are going to be killed by Star Whackers who have uh, who have killed people like Heath Ledger and. Um, but just, just are basically, he says, counts among his murdered friends include actors Heath Ledger and David Carradine.
0: Okay.
3: He's been going downhill for a while now. Um.
0: You know, I'd like to point out that Liam Neeson's wife was whacked in Canada. I mean, if if we're going to, if we think that all these other people were whacked, she might as well have been too.
1: Carradine dead in, uh, what is it, Hong Kong?
2: David Carradine died in Hong Kong. Correct. Of what was apparently autoerotic strangulation. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I'm
2: no, just saying, Canada won't protect us.
0: Yeah. I'm saying it's happening but, in Canada, too.
3: Well, I, I don't think there's any ras- thing rational about them doing this. It, right. it seemed like a couple years ago, Randy Crade. came... Ugh, God, I cannot those things tonight.
0: Randy Quaid.
3: Randy came out a few years ago and was talking about how... Um, his lawyers completely screwed him over and took all his um, money from him in his house or something like that. So he's been getting more and more into um, everyone out to get him. All the shadows are trying to mess up his life
0: for a little while now. Yeah, he definitely got some paranoia going on. Which yep. is not healthy. No, no, it's <laughs> not.
3: You, you look at it and that can start, you know, just the fact that he's, he's come up with the Star Whackers thing. Never heard of it before, but here he is mentioning it. How much do you want to bet? Now, within a day of him mentioning that, there were dozens—we should actually put that in a search engine. See what Star Whackers pages are out there now. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if there's dozens, if not hundreds, of pages now who have come, found evidence to back up these Star Whackers. And yet, before he mentioned it, no one even thought about it. But that that's the new conspiracy theory, that there's a group out there called the Star Whackers. I would not be one bit surprised to find that.
0: All right. That's
1: yeah, kind of no, funny. All the links are about this, uh, this story. <sighs>
0: Give it time. Well, you know what? You could always start the page yourself. I mean, why wait for somebody else? True. Yeah. All right, go back so... back in time, say,
3: 100 years, and figure out why every single celebrity died because the Star Whackers got them. So,
2: if you're late for
0: the plane...
3: So,
2: you're saying this conspiracy's been going on for a long time. Right. I've decided that tonight, yes. It okay. could be the Illuminati. Or Monroe.
0: It's the Raelians. It's the
2: well, no, no. Wait a minute, Eric. Let's set the record straight. Marilyn Monroe was killed by the Kennedys,
0: who were part of the Star Wars. established. Yeah, who were part of the Star Whackers?
2: You mean they've had Star Whackers as
1: presidents?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: yes, actually. It's, it's, it's a. It's and this
1: a, are Star Whacker Whackers.
0: Ooh, who's watching the Watchers? <laughs> All right. So if you're late for the plane, what Anybody should you do? Anybody watching
1: Islander, I think, is the answer to that
2: question, Oh
0: man! Answer. If you're watching the plane and you're late. How do you think that? What should you tell the people to help you get on the plane? <laughs> I, I
2: don't uh, no, actually, how- actually. He didn't try to get it on the plane. He decided he wanted to get his luggage back.
0: Oh boy! Oh, is that what so, happened? Okay.
2: Yeah, he was trying to get his luggage back, and uh, <laughs> oh. so he decided that uh, the best way to get his luggage back on the ground was to tell them about the explosives in it. <laughs> oh hey boy! Oh, there are really you know, people out do, there s- who think like this. Let's have a moment to consider. How good an idea this actually was to say in the middle of an airport in, you know, a post 9-11 world. How, how good of
1: an idea was that? Pre-9/11. To say yeah, pre-9/11. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, pre-9-11. This was just never a good idea.
1: Yeah, 1944, not a good idea. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, <laughs> y- so. y- wonder
3: what they're thinking when people do something this straight out, undeniably stupid.
1: Well, at least you didn't have a body in the no, that's the next article. Yeah,
0: this really.
2: But, who's, yeah, uh, we're not done
0: with that. stupid people but
2: yet. The bottom line is he didn't make any plane after that. I think he's still yeah. in jail at this point. Well, good. More than
0: likely,
3: his chances of traveling on planes ever again probably sank to next
0: to nothing. Yeah, he might be on the no-fly list. That's probably yes. true. Hey, but if that wasn't enough, where else could you hide some hint that you hit some explosives? <laughs>
2: what else can you do um, that's stupid? This other deal? article was about a man who he was called in on, he was basically, he surrendered himself regarding some other charges and he got. Um, He got nervous and started just babbling, and he hinted that he might have explosives in his car. So they called in the bomb squad to check his car, and they didn't find any explosives. What they found was a murdered body in the trunk of the car.
1: Oh so clue number one, when you're about to turn yourself in for a warrant, do not drive the car that has the body in it there.
2: <laughs> really? Yeah. It's probably better to drop that off on the way. Oh, yeah. oh man.
0: Oh, all right. Oh, there's message? some pretty stupid people out there. And now, this isn't um, prohibiting...
2: There's another... Oh. Actually, there's oh. another piece of information on this. Oh, we're not done with um, this yet. No. the, the He continue. waited a day to surrender to his to to surrender to the sheriff's department so that he could go gambling with his mom. Oh. That came in on the 3rd of November. Uh. <laughs> oh. And the body was that of an octogenarian who was fatally shot.
0: We need to change the, this to... What not to do if you've committed a crime. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. We're giving or good advice to one of the criminals. Do. Ever. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> really ever. ever. Sole segment to America's stupidest crux. Oh, man. It's been done, but it's it's never old. All right. Let's look at some
0: uh, prohibitive, prohibiting trick-or-treating activities in the city of yeah. Norfolk, Virginia.
3: Yeah. Now, initially, we were supposed to record this podcast right before or right after Halloween, but we fell behind. Uh I- my understanding from doing... Um, oh, you're cutting
0: in and out, Ian. Come on. Stay he's still.
2: Excited. He's getting excited. I oh, know.
3: Okay. My understanding on this from doing some research on it is that there are other cities out there that have similar kind of um, laws on the books. Now, I personally contacted um, the mayor of Norfolk, and he, uh, he forwarded my email to the city lawyers. What I found interesting is That's
2: this nice law...
3: Yeah, I actually got quite a few responses, which was quite nice. Um, so I'd like to thank all the um, city lawyers from Royfolk who responded because, you know, they, they were quick about it.
0: Can we post those on the website when we put yeah, this I, up?
3: Yeah, I can post up a list of those. I still have them. I can actually read through them, if, although most of them aren't too interesting. It doesn't but matter. I mean,
0: they, they, we should put them all up with this. Oh,
3: yeah, that's fine. That's no problem. But okay. the first one was Luann um who contacted me, and the initial question was— um, was there a reasoning behind it? Uh, you know, w- did, were there any events that triggered the need for this law? As far as he knew, no. Uh, here it is. Uh, I am unaware of issues with these limits in recent years. I believe that these limits are widely known and that compliance is voluntary. I do not know if any particular issues in the past influenced the setting of specific limits, but think that its purpose is the obvious one of having trick-or-treat in a career in a manner that allows children to enjoy the events. Um... In the past, these limits have been essentially self-enforcing, and I anticipate that will be the same this year. Basically, um, the understanding is that they just, you know, people just go about it. Well, so I followed that up by asking, um, have there ever we been to
1: any... tell the listeners of
3: Oh, uh, The law says um, it limits trick treating to children aged 12 and under and establishes 8 p.m. as the time limit. And that, that's meaner if you are, if you um, go, and that's like a maximum of $250 fine, I believe, found. But um, all the city attorneys that came back to me for this next question, If is anyone aware of um, this law ever being enforced, of anyone ever being ticketed for violating it? Um, a half dozen responses, because c- basically Luann here forwarded it to the other lawyers, and they all came back saying... Um, no, no one's aware of this ever being something where they've actually gone after people for. So the law itself, while it exists and their understanding is people generally follow it, it doesn't sound like it's ever enforced and it doesn't sound like the police ever have really tried to worry about it. So it's one of those laws that's just kind of there because someone thought, hey, let's try and regulate it. And I I don't like the idea of regulating something like that. But, you know, the various cities apparently around the country have done it. And my guess is in each of those cities that have a law like this, no one really worries about enforcing it. Well, so uh, it seems almost like a pointless law to even have.
0: Do you know, I, I clearly did not misspend my youth properly, but what is a Class 4 misdemeanor? What does that entail? A fine? Well, Probation? Uh, yeah, the, what, I,
3: what I could find out is it looked like um, in the city of Norfolk, uh, Class 4 misdemeanor, the maximum penalty is a $250 fine.
0: And so if you were caught trick-or-treating at the age of 13, they could technically give you a fine. Yes. Which is an arbitrary age as far as, I mean, if a a 13-year-old wants to come to my door and ask for candy, I'm not going to turn them away because at least they're not out doing something else.
3: Right. And to me, something like Halloween is something that should be left up to the individual um, parents. You know, if I have my light on and someone comes to the door and, you know, says trick-or-treat and I don't like how old they are, I say, okay, listen, you're too old. I'm not giving you candy.
0: How old would they have to be for you really to do that? I mean, really? I've never
3: even thought of that because <laughs> you know I, I I've seen adults trick I've trick or treated as an adult when I had a kid. It was obvious, you know, my my kid's one or two years old. He's not getting the candy. Damn, damn it! <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I'm unapologetic about it.
0: Well, so who would care if I'm if I'm taking if I'm walking my kids around the neighborhood and I want a piece of candy? I don't. I. I don't think I should
2: get a class four felony for it, or misdemeanor.
1: Well, well, now <laughs> hold
2: on a second, Brian. It says in the. It says in the text of it that nothing is prohibiting people from uh, bringing their kids around. It's just simply saying that no kids over the age of twelve can be trick or treating themselves. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I still think it's...
3: The the funnest year I ever had a trick-or-treating was when me, Mike, and Mark went out. We were 16 years old. We had a car. We drove around and just had a blast. It was spontaneous. We originally hadn't even decided to do it, but we were like, you know what? Let's go and trick-or-treat tonight.
0: We used to have older kids that were probably 16 coming and trick-or-treating. I could, I could care less.
3: Now, well, we Last time some...
1: I trick-or-treated was when I was 13 and I was getting looks.
0: Really?
3: Well, we got some comments that night, but most of them were like, eh, you know, that's cool. They didn't really
1: care. They Thought it was fun.
0: Most people and, have so much you know, candy at this point that half the time they you know, they, they don't even end up giving it out. Yeah. My well, you know? kids
1: knew that we ended up with more candy left over at our house than what ended up in their whole take for the night. Right,
0: so they <laughs> come back the next day, right? Who do you got any leftover candy?
1: <laughs> My roommate won't eat it because he's on a diet, so I have to eat it all. No,
0: see yeah yeah, exactly. You know, that's rough.
1: <laughs> I didn't get eaten at all last week and I was sick.
0: <laughs> all right, let's move on here. Okay. What do we we got? Oh, Gleam Magazine. Go ahead.
1: Well, actually,
3: this – to me, this shows one of my problems with a lot of our conservative values in our society is people just not getting it and picking one thing that makes no sense to make a big deal over. Although also in this case, one of the things that bothered me is – um. The fact that they claim that the the Glee magazine suit is part of, practically perfect and almost pedophilia, Not and close. In, in the words of color, words have meaning, I, oh, I, I, that you're... bothered me.
0: Ian, <laughs> calm, calm down. What? Calm down. You're you're cutting <laughs> in and out, man
3: yeah uh, I keep moving my head up and down. That's what's oh. doing it.
2: Okay. Hold still, we I'm going to come over there and tape your head to something. I'm <laughs> excited, but hold your head still.
3: Okay. So, anyways, it is not pornographic. It is erotic.
0: That's fine. It's not even erotic. Let's face it. Come on. Mm. These women you have know, no breasts I, and no to, hips.
2: I did catch a different perspective on this, which is that uh, my understanding is the photographer actually asked them to appear not as themselves, but as their Glee characters in these poses. Well, that's that fine. In the case, it makes it a little bit more disturbing.
3: Eh, no, I don't think so. Also not even I don't
2: think those characters being... come across. Well, the I, fact I, that trying... We know that the actors and actresses are all in their 20s, but if they're portraying people who are under the age of 18 for the shoot, then... Mac, have you seen the show? Yeah, I watch it all the time.
3: Okay. I know that what they were portraying there, if they were portraying their characters, hold still, Ian. <laughs> hold still.
0: still.
2: <laughs> Keep your head still. <laughs> Boy, this is great but radio.
3: Anyways, also, the use of the word um, pedophilia. The trend is, No, this is not.
2: Pedophilia literally love of feet. Yes.
0: This isn't even <laughs> child pornography, much less pedophilia.
3: Yeah. That, that, that was To me, that was one of those things. I was like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're trying to use words to get attention. You're trying to you know, say, hey, look, we don't like this, so we're going to pick out certain words that will get people to get angry. Whether or not it's accurate, we don't care. And that's just, you know, ah. Uh. And then to say, okay, we're going to pick on DQ Magazine, a magazine for professional adult males. Because young girls might be corrupted by it. Do you think any young girl is going to read GQ? Bruh. <laughs> uh, you you know, know teenage what? girls do not go to the um, bookstore and say, hey, can I get the latest issue of GQ? Because I want to make sure I'm you know, doing what's right to be a businessman in today's society.
0: You know what? If dad leaves it on the coffee table, the daughter might pick it up. It it's, it could be a disaster.
1: You know, I'm sure there's been complaints like this since 91210 and even earlier ever since the trains. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Now, then, the other thing I love is how they're going after just the GQ photo shoot. Um My wife watches Glee. I have my own personal issues with the show. I would never defend the show as being well written because it like has some of the worst um, high school stereotypes and rehashes stories we've seen a million times before. But it does it to music, and so that makes it popular. But anyways, they have now done. I just they did to the new pre- music. They've done Madonna, Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, and the only one I've watched recently all the way through, which was the one they did with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. In all of those, they were just as sexualized as the GQ photo shoot was.
0: This whole thing bores me.
3: And to go and make a big deal over the photo shoot instead of saying, okay, the photo shoot was accurate to the show. Why? you know, If the girls are going to be corrupted by anything, it's going to be the show itself. So it's so really you're saying was. that
2: they were as their glee character photos.
3: Yes, very much. <laughs> the sexuality on the show is heavy. Apparently yeah. I found out that two of the cheerleaders, one of them is bisexual and one's a lesbian, uh, I guess it's the one that got pregnant. I
2: don't I don't think even I don't either of them I don't think either of them really know what they mm-hmm. I I know I know to what you're referring, but the uh the one who's supposedly <laughs> bisexual okay it's, it's the one I'm thinking of is basically okay. like so, I, I don't warm body under at any okay, particular I, moment
3: I don't watch the show I, so I, I saw these cheerleaders I turned to my wife was like hey are they lovers and she explained that to me oh, but God. like I said I had to watch the Rock Hero Picture Show one which Rock Hero Picture Show is far more sexual in so many ways than GQ and even try and do an edited version of that a TV show, you're still going to be far more sexualized than those photos of
1: GQ.
0: You know, we're giving this thing way more attention than yeah. it deserves. It's boring.
3: Well, well, I I think it's just a good thing to point out to how people perceive things because it, they they go weird directions, and you you can get these conservative groups who really just don't get it. They're looking at the wrong thing to try and get offended by. Oh, when, it's
0: sensationalism. I mean, yeah. it's, you, can, you can do this with just about anything, you know? I mean, you but, could. We, anyway, we saw I, the same I'm thing with
1: Twilight. with Brian at this point. You okay. can do this with Charlie Chapman films. Yes, let's talk <laughs> about time. Think, yes, yes. There's sexualized in okay. it. But, and move your head. you're going make a big deal out of it over nothing. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's a, if we're, yeah exactly. If we're going to make a big deal out of nothing, yes. let's at least talk about time travelers. Yes. Yep. This this was a lot of fun, and this was sent in by uh, actually I've I've heard about this several places, but uh, um, Eric Blomel.
3: Yeah, he's the guy from Mile High yep. kind that we know um, is now a regular listener,
0: and he posted this on our um, on our Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, yes. And we'd love for more
3: people to post stuff like this there. In fact. Um and Brian, we're talking ahead of time how we'd almost like to take something like this and do it in every podcast and talk about what the possibilities are. And you look at UFO, Bigfoot sighting stuff like that. You know, films that we can look at and really kind of tear apart. You know, this is what someone's telling us the film is. Well, okay, let's look at it with an open mind and start at the simplest explanation.
0: All right. So let's talk about. the Have you watched the clip? Has everyone watched it? I have. Okay. I've watched it. So this, in this Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin clip, and apparently it, I, I it's an outtake. It's in, the, it's in the extras. It wasn't actually in the movie, was my understanding, um, right, based yeah. on what the guy said. And he.
2: Well, and was, if you if you read the lips of the person that they're saying is the time traveler. Well, hold on. In I haven't even clip. gotten there. Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> so in <laughs> the yeah, clip, the they, they show a guy walking with holding something to his ear, or what looks to be like holding something to his ear. You really can't see anything in his hand, and he's talking to himself. That's the clip. And
3: I openly admit, it does look like he's talking on a cell phone.
0: Yeah, it does.
2: I mean,
3: very much looks like it. Or he could be shading
2: his face. He could be shading his face from the sun. Right, but still, it looks like
3: he's talking on a cell phone. I can understand why you'd look and say, "Oh, wow, is he talking on a cell phone?" I can very much understand why someone would see that and think that, because in our modern day, if you saw someone walking like that, that would be
2: the first thing you think of. Right. Okay. But the thing of it in our modern day is, he'd have Bluetooth.
0: So, oh, but so looking at this, the, the most—I mean, the, some of the more likely things—is uh, I heard somebody say that uh, perhaps he had a toothache.
3: That was my first thought: is a toothache, yeah. a recent dental surgery, and holding the ice pack to his face. Sure, because you can tell it's in there.
0: Um, the other, but the other one that's the most intriguing one was a type of. Um, uh, ear um uh, hearing aid yeah the 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 hearing aid of that time yeah
3: non-electronic just a a simple um ear trumpet you're right and
0: and, well no it's not even an ear trumpet it's an actual electrical device um i I posted uh, on our facebook group i posted a picture of it um and it's a i unfortunately i can't tell what size it is but it looks like it would be a little box that you might hold your hand it's like the perfect size so he could be doing it
3: the, you look at it, it does look – the box
0: part, to it, because there's a the box part and there's, there's the
3: trumpet part that goes into the air. The box part very much looks like it could be easily mistaken for a
0: cell phone. Yeah, exactly. But, but – so if, here's oh, – I was going to say, and he's talking to himself. I mean so
2: – If you read the guy's lips, and I, I watched the clip several times, if you read the guy's lips, what he's saying is – you want me to kill Chaplin? Well, <laughs> he is well defended. He has many bodyguards. I'll have to do it off the off the set.
0: So the guy is walking, and then he looks into the camera and kind of gets a little surprised, or what looks like he might be surprised. So it's perfectly possible that he's walking through there and talking to himself, and doesn't realize that there's filming going on, and turns, and he's startled by a camera. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: And see, the problem with stuff like we we have the video, and the the guy who saw it the first he sees is oh, he's talking on a cell phone. It must
0: be a time traveler. Right. That was that was to it he jumped to because he says i've shown this to hundreds of people and nobody can tell me what the what the, what this is and so he automatically jumps to time traveler he well goes, he's shown right? it
2: to hundreds of film students
0: uh-huh. yeah not a scientist not somebody yeah. not, not not a historian but college students who yeah, exactly. basically are going to be in a you know so he, th- not too serious state of mind so the guy jumps say, past
1: time travelers are snazzy dressers
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think yeah but so he jumps right past all of these all of the more logical things and like like toothache and he's talking to himself that's that's way more logical than time travel with a cell phone besides the fact that if it is a cell phone who the heck is he talking to number 1 doctor yeah, it, it, it's Doctor Who technology. You zap it with the um, sonic screwdriver. Your cell phone can work from anywhere and any wind. That that must be because there's no cell towers anywhere. Yeah,
2: doesn't the uh, doesn't the sonic screwdriver have the words Deus Ex Machina placed on it somewhere? Probably. If not, it should.
0: So, yeah, so but, this whole thing was funny that this guy jumps right to time traveler. Yeah. Because but you see that in it. a
3: lot of the UFO videos and other stuff like that, that instead of looking at it and saying, okay, well, you know, what else could that be, they're, they're determined already, oh, that's a UFO. And you're like, well, actually, if you look, you can clearly see it's just a balloon, or you can clearly see it's light caused from this and so You know, I've seen, I have seen UFO videos where I looked at them and I say, okay, I can see why you'd say, call that a alien spacecraft. But actually, if you look at this, It's very clear what it really is. I've seen ghost videos like that. I've seen all these videos out there that actually it's nothing like what you're saying. But these people want to jump to sensationalized conclusions because ghosts are cool. Because it gets them noticed. And it's much cooler than reality. (laughs) and i definitely think this it's is one It's not of the much same.
0: cooler than it's, reality. That's the thing that kills me about this stuff is that it is not cooler than reality. The actual truth of what's cool. going on is far more interesting than the things that people are making up and this is one of the problems i have is everybody's you know always like oh yeah they want they want Make it look like science is boring. Well, science isn't boring. It's incredibly fascinating. But man, it, it, there is a barrier of entry that you got, you you're gonna have to have some intelligence, yeah. and you're gonna have to you know, to do some investigation, and you're gonna have to learn right. something. It's much simpler to say it's a UFO because that takes away. Now you don't have to learn anything. All you all you have to do sure. now is is you know come up with something totally crazy that sounds good, and, and that's and out. it's easy. It's a cop out. Exactly. It's not more interesting. It's a cop out. Right. But it's the same kind of thinking of the face on Mars,
3: oh, the moon yeah.
0: landing hoax, stuff like
3: that where you know people just see one or two things and automatically go to such outrageous conclusions instead of sitting back and saying, OK, what's the more logical thing that's going on here?
0: Right. They jump straight to lunacy.
3: Oh, yeah. And that's what leads to people like Jeff Peckman getting the following.
1: <laughs> Literally in the case of the moon hoax. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah, okay, that and you know that that the moon hoax stuff has been disproven. Yet you still have people who, if used to acknowledge it, want it to be a hoax for some.
0: Well, because conspiracy theories, people get really off on their conspiracy theories and stuff like that. You know, and the cool thing about a conspiracy theory is that you need no evidence whatsoever. Right, and you and everything you everything that goes. Against the conspiracy works towards the conspiracy. So, so you can use absolutely everything. There's nothing that you can't use to prove your conspiracy. What a lot yes. of fun it is to put these things together. Because the Mythbusters crew is actually working for the CIA and
3: faked all their experiments um, about the moon landing in order to um, make sure the conspiracy keeps going.
0: No, well, now you. Th- <laughs>
3: All right. They get government
1: checks? Damn. <laughs> Make more than I thought
3: they did. No, just like how bon- um, Bonner and Baxter were uh, apparently CIA operatives as well. That's why they were hey, against the District
1: 300. that means our taxes pay for the myth, that's kind of cool.
3: Hey, that is kind of cool. cool. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, the CIA controls everyone. Didn't you know that? The people that doesn't control the conspiracy theorists who are out there busy telling the CIA I, is actually controlling. Everyone else I, works for the CIA.
1: I knew that because I got the puppet strings.
3: In fact, you know, Amateur Skeptics, you know, obviously the
2: CIA is controlling that. Hey, you know what?
0: Their money spends as well as anybody, so... The
2: CIA is in Ian's <laughs> headset.
0: I think so, too. I think that the aliens have gotten to his headset and trying to cut him off, and that being the case, I think that we should go ahead and uh, say to good night to everybody. Good
1: night, everybody. everybody. And,
0: uh, of good course, night, I'd like everybody. to let you know that you can email us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Check Um, us out at Facebook for the latest news. Yep, check us out at Facebook. Ramblings we have. Yep, and uh, of course, we have our (laughs) voicemail. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, uh, then that number is 720-295-7785. Call us and leave us a message. And uh, Eric, is it Boom? Boom?
2: Blommel.
0: Blommel. If we're pronouncing that wrong, please call us and uh, tell us how to pronounce your name uh, on that line so that we're doing that properly instead of... uh, making mess of it as I sure I am. Anything else?
2: No. Well, now I have to check and see if Charlie Chaplin died under odd circumstances. It was exactly Star-watchers. Star Wackers.
0: <laughs>
1: right, good night.
2: Good night all. Thank you for listening Night, to
1: the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptic, go to AmateurSkeptics.com to send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults. Feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website.
0: To leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics, you can do that at 720-295-7785. Music with this podcast is provided by OFM. You can find out more about OFM at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under Creative Commons, no derivative 3.5 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please just do not edit or change the content.